The following program is rated TVMA. Viewer discretion is advised. The D.N. Davis Show. D.N. Davis' show. Uh, of course, we're in COVID formation. And we've brought our crew with us um, as we enter into the final D.N. Davis to show. Um, forgot what's going to happen with this name in the next month or whatever as uh, D is stepping away. Uh, I told you it's going to be the Kim Davis show. We'll figure out For what real. Gonna be. We'll figure out what it's going to be. Sorry. Dean Davis' show, as I just told you, uh, D's last Dean Davis' show. Uh, we're definitely going to miss him. Uh, his points, uh, his, his, his wit uh, shall be missed uh, moving forward, but he will always be loved and he will always have a home here with all of us, but in particular here on the show with Ryan and myself and the flip with Ryan and myself and Sydney. Um, look, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, we got Eddie Goldman from the Bears. Like, listen, you keep that 4.5, baby. Give me my stipend. I'll give it back to you. I want no parts of that. Uh, we got we got half of them joking. Half of the Patriots like, you know what, Bill Belichick? Nah, son. All right. Uh, we got the Marlins infecting the whole MLB. <laughs> they didn't get the feelings, though. You get COVID. Uh, you get COVID. You get COVID. Right. You want some? You want some? Uh, we got Tony uh, backtracking from Lou Williams. As soon as Lou Williams stepped up with two mamacitas, like, you don't like how I'm living? Tony was like, oh, sir, I love how you're living. I love how you're living. <laughs> but we got a lot to get into today. My name is Kenneth Davis, and of course, for the last time, you know who my partner is. His name is D. Demonsfero. What's happening, everybody? Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. Uh, make sure you click on the bio link and take you to everywhere we are: YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Just simply search for the D and Davis Show. D and Davis are flipping. You will find us. Uh, sh- uh, share, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff. I'm on Twitter and IG at Demons One. D E M O N Z E One. Ken is on Twitter at and IG at That's Davis, executive producer of the Dean Davis Show and Dean Davis The Flip, Ryan Bukovsky, Ryan's on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski and IG at Ryan B. Ski One. All right, let me see if I can get this down. NBC Sports Podcast Extraordinaire, one well, Mr. Tony Gill. You can find Tony on Twitter at NIG, I believe, at the Tony Gill. Our main man, Jason Kessner. You can find Jason on Twitter, AJF Kessner. And our main man going up there in NYC, rocking the White Sox hat. I love that. Well, Mr. Melvin Taylor. You can find Melvin on Twitter, IG at Melvin Taylor II. Is that right? Or 1 1 I. All right, cool. I, I, I got it for the last time. There you go. No, that's good. That's right. Yeah. All right, okay. I, just take it. As, as I drink, as something I've never done <laughs> on any of our shows, I have never, besides when we had like live or something like that live, but um, so you uh, did flips. Know. Yeah, I have. Never mind it. Yeah, considering how much D likes to know. I actually have cut down. Dude, this is what he's saying. I've I didn't do it on Zoom, but yes. I've done it. When we've done the show together, which there is basically like... I've never done it on yeah, Zoom. Okay. No one has ever seen me with a, a glass in my hand. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I've been on every show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to stop, though. It's not going to do it. Yeah, when it's just me, it's not the same. It's, it's, been, it's just... I don't need it more. I drink by myself all the time. No, 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 no. I just mean as far as... When we move forward, I don't like with it, yes. we balance it out. So, like you said, you weren't drinking. So, no, I, I wasn't. 
So, okay. okay. So I'm just right. saying that I, it crossed my mind. It wasn't something to do. All right. Well, let's Ken, you can be drunk and I'll uh, be the sober mm. one. First of all, you not you not get drunk and, and on on any type of application out here in these streets. Ah, uh, very uh, true. It's a bad look. It's a bad look uh, in general. If you're over intoxicated, you need to just cut yourself off of everything. Now, hey, that's like, you. I, I'm the sober one, buddy. I hate dr- I hate drunk dialing. Like, and not to say I do it, but it's like one of those things. I always question myself. Like, listen, are you intoxicated? You know, like too too intoxicated to make a phone call because. It's nothing worse than that. Can you still drunk dial with smartphones? Yeah, because you put oh, that no, you 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 hit you hit that person's contact and you mm-hmm. call them and you two liquored up. I don't call nobody, so I mean that's why. Well, I'm that's all I'm just saying. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can definitely still do it. You could definitely get in trouble for it. Just leave it alone, bro. Just leave it alone. You got some stories, Melvin? You want to tell us something I know, New York right? about you drunk down? Whoa, not at all. I'm ready to get into the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right, listen. One thing that definitely going off top, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me was uh, Ravon Bonner from uh, Illinois uh, decided, the running back from the team, uh, decided that he was going to opt out. He's a senior. Um, he said basically he has asthma, so he has a preconsistent condition. And he just said the risk isn't worth the reward, and hopefully he's going to come back next season, uh, even though Illinois said they, they may not honor that. They're going to honor his scholarship for this year. He'll be a fifth-year senior. Mm. He's going to come back in hopes of trying to impress the NFL to perhaps get um, a workout or something similar like that. But, uh, yes, I mean, uh, power to that brother, especially I, I mentioned in the open uh, as far as the Bears, uh, defensive tackle, no tackle, Eddie Goldman has decided that he is not going to play this season. Um, you had a host of uh, Packers from uh, Chung to uh, Dante uh, Hightower. Patriots. You Patriots. Patriots. Thank you. Thank you, Patriots. Yeah. Um, you had, like, you have uh, at least five or six Patriots that have decided that they're going to uh, sit out. And it's funny, and one of the things we said through all these shows was that the chances of any of these teams that are, especially not the NFL, I mean, NBA, that are in a bubble, one, but also the NBA is already – played majority of their season. The season's basically over. Um, I know they're playing these eight games. The season's over. Uh, they're probably not going to be able to finish their season. And it's funny, I was uh, doing Shot of My yesterday, I believe, and it was like, dude, I'm trying to get the best out of this baseball right now because in about three weeks, this joint may be shut down. And we'll be Probably like, be sooner was, than three. I would say, look, on there I said a week and a half to two, right? I'm just trying to give him a little bit more time before Manfred just has to eat that crow and be like, man, it ain't going to work. But, I mean, uh, and you have situations where it goes all the way back, and I know we said it on this show. I, I said it before Stephen A. Smith. Man, cats going to be out there doing what they want to do, man. You're not keeping and, – and we're talking about sports where you're not even in a bubble. In a bubble – Lou Williams decided he wanted some wings from Magic City. Now, I guess. And he and also, listen, if Jack Harlow's there, you got to pull up, I guess, right? It's his favorite restaurant. I I'm heard the saying. wings are outstanding. I he, know, was, you know he was interviewed and he said it's his favorite, Magic City. Best restaurant I, in the world. I, now, listen, and this is where I could be wrong. I've honestly always been somewhat leery of eating food at stripper joints. Probably up here in Chicago. Maybe it's a little bit different in the South. It could be, but it's just to me where there's a lot of shaking and baking. It's like I can get that food later. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I avoid the tater tots and the pizza when I went to this trip joint too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's not for me. It's a lot in the air. Yeah. All right. Gonna, it's a lot. Go ahead. I've gotten some uh, some some information on uh, Selfish Plug on the, uh, the Bulls Talk podcast on a recent mm-hmm. one. Uh, Jason Goff gave the details on 
why the wings are so good at <laughs> Magic City. Oh. Um, that uh, Magic City is apparently connected to um, like a high-end restaurant. Oh. Uh, so some of the chefs uh, are, are, you know, they don't forget what their job is just because they move venues. Um, so they got a couple of them, and those chefs still make great chicken. Nice. <laughs> they just so happen to be at the, the strip club. So, um, so apparently the the chicken is top notch. It's not like you know, <laughs> an excuse. It, he wanted some chicken from that from the spot, and um, also that Lou Williams is a uh, a patron saint apparently at the Magic City. The uh, Magic I think City. he got his own uh, flavor flavor of chicken there. Uh, really? City. So yeah, they they might have his jersey in the Raptors uh, in uh, Atlanta. He can't yeah, get the pickup. He, pick right? he can't get the pickup though. Now yeah. see, that's what I want to get into. You, yeah. why are you going in I to get, pick it up? Bro? Yeah. He wanted to see a little something, something. I'm here to pick up my order. Okay, all right. You, you open go. the door. Listen, here you go, my lady. Here you go, my lady. They hand you your wings. You pull the door back a little bit. Slash right, somebody something. Yeah, slash somebody something. You walk out. Yeah. Oh. Weren't there oh. reports that the center stage was closed? Like there wasn't even anything going on? Or is this just spin material? Dude, don't you? I hope you don't think. Well, first of all, you don't need to center stage, brother. All you need is That's the true. ones that are, are just going through. The, like the center stage is cool and all. It's but really, you might not be able to do the peek in if they don't got the center stage. Wait, going. wait a minute. Ken, you've been to Magic City before, right? No, I was wondering that. <laughs> I've no, been no, to no, like no, no. four you, strip you, clubs in yeah. Atlanta. You've been I've been to Blue Flame. Yeah. I don't know. I was I've questioned. Okay, Blue Flame. All right. I've, oh, it was a terrific time. I've been to the one where they filmed Get Low. All right. I've been to that because there's a barbershop. It had, I don't know if it's still open. I've been to the one they filmed Blue. I was in. I, I was in there. This is one of the reasons I want food in the strip club. I was in the one uh, during the daytime because one of my buddies who I went to college with. He was known to go daytime to the strip club. So when I went visit him in Atlanta, he took us to the daytime to, to the strip club, which you would think was terrible. But man, they had some performers. Uh, and the girl clapped her cheeks on my shirt and pulled my shirt. Right? Whoa. <laughs> and I don't know if I was to be offended or astonished. Right? <laughs> I was well, so obviously like, the latter. You can, <laughs> right? you, can have, you can have both. You can have both. You can, you can, you can have the, like, Mm. <laughs> right, it was something similar yeah. to that, right? Because like, the guys around me was kind of like, "Whoa, or uh, whatever." And it's like I got some makeup from her backside on my shirt too, mm-hmm. a little bit. Ooh. I hope, I hope it was makeup. I hope it was makeup. <laughs> but these I mean, if it didn't stink, it's probably makeup. <laughs> it oh, hold on, everybody. <laughs> All right, it's nah, I never, I didn't do that. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to get pink eye, but uh. <laughs> Uh, but these are some of the reasons why, for me personally, it's never been like, yeah, when I'm in the strip club. And I hear dudes all the time, like, oh, man, he used to always eat the wings. And it's up here. I was at a wedding or I was at a, I was at a destination wedding. I remember the groom's best men were saying, like, yeah, he used to love to eat uh, wings at the strip club. And I remember thinking, like, really? Right? Like, really? Because that's not what I'm there for. I'm trying to fill my drink quota. And enjoy myself, but that's that's just me. I'll let you guys talk further about Lou Williams and the ass shaking and bacon with. with I mean, Arnold. listen, okay, all right. So he went to the strip joint to pick up some food. He came. He didn't test negative when he came back, right? 
He went back into the he bubble. He didn't test positive. I mean, he just, I'm sorry. He didn't test positive when he when he when he came back. You know, so he had this quarantine because he was outside the bubble. What's 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 the issue? Because he wanted to see some ladies uh, do their thing before five for a few seconds and get some wings. Everybody got to get on Lou Williams. Come on, come on, Tony. D, I'm you saying. wouldn't be there with the megaphone. No. Oh, right, right. Well, it depends. No heckling, because he could he could ruin the whole thing. He, he, he didn't go heckling. He could go take it all the way back to this, this <laughs> immaculate bubble. And he'd be like, man, you did you destroyed the NBA for ass shape? It's That's not, but it's not like he went out there. I mean, it's not like he went there, sat down, plopped out, had a stack on him, and was just spreading out for three hours. He picked up some wings. Whoa, he up how did why? he sit next to Jack Harlow? How did he sit next to Jack Harlow? Did he stay there for a few hours and, and, and tip? You think he wasn't, you think he was there for 15 minutes? Like, seriously. Why? That's a long time for pickup food, too. I agree, especially if you know I'm coming. But why do it in general? You got so much on the line already. Why go put all that at risk? And you a veteran. It ain't like it's your first, second year in the league. Like if, I don't know, Lonzo Ball did this, then I'd be like, all right, man, you know what? The whole host of problems going on over there. Right. Lou Williams, come on, bro. You know better than this, dog. Well, I, as we also know, too, you're going to have these stories about some guys that's going to be out here messing up, especially with the NBA bubble, because they're trying to keep it as pristine as possible. All the other sports, maybe besides the NHL, because they're staying in Canada, but any other sport, you're probably going to have they, these kind of stories. They got strip clubs in Canada? No, no, no. I'm just saying this. I mean, fact, you mean that bubble? Really good yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All right, Tony. Really? Tony you sure? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you sure? Well, in, in Montreal? Sure, sure. Oh yeah. Are you sure? What, what's the is this like the Admiral? Because I don't like the Admiral. See, I've never been to the Admiral, but I know Admiral. I don't like the Admiral. It sounds familiar. Because they only take off the tops at the Admiral, right, D? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. You sexist. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what is the name of the club. <laughs> Dennis Rodman partied there when he was filming that movie. In Canada? Uh, where he's on a motorcycle. He was in Vegas. Wait, Come on. Wait, wait, you know what movie I'm talking about. Wait, I know he filmed it in about. Montreal. But wait, you no, heard the Double yes. Trouble? Was the name of that movie Double Trouble? Was this one called Double Team or something like that? Okay. Whatever. Wait, wait. But you... this is the highlight. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's really cheap, first of all. It's full nude, full bar, full touch. And it's like probably five to ten bucks a dance. Whoa! Time out, son. Time out. Yeah. Whoa! This sounds like some of the Yeah. I know it sounds like Arnie's. What's? Can you explain to me what full touch is? You can touch everything except the yeah. one area. Whoa! Yeah. Canada? What's yeah. going on? Is this in Montreal? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And the best part: the Canadians just go there for pregame before they go to the clubs, so they love tourists. Oh, so they live like Portland. Portland's like that, apparently. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Weekend, you go to the strip club. Wait yeah, they just use it as pure pregame. I think Portland is a place they had the drive-thru. Or drive, the drive-thru yes, uh, they strip did. club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. When I was at the Ditlow uh, strip club, I remember a certain young lady who was dancing on me and grabbing on my body, right? <laughs> Violating me, basically. I should have called the authorities. I remember the DJ kept coming on me like, no touching, no touching, right? Mind you, I was not touching her, she was all right? You. She was touching me. But mm-hmm. you're telling me it can Yeah, baby, it goes down. I don't know. 
about that. I mean, because I mean, of course, it's this. These women are free to do what they want, but it just seems that seems like a lot right there, man. It's like I gotta come out like that. That's how France Hold goes on. down, baby. Okay. No, nah, it's not like a slippery slope, man. That's, that's just <laughs> one one move away from being real bad. Nah. Man, I don't know about that. You gotta have some control, Melvin. Come on. Derek been... What'd you say? During Corona. During Corona? Oh. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing during Corona. Well, how, what, what are the numbers in Canada for uh, as far as the virus? It's not it's low. That's here. why they that's like they kept the Blue Jays from bringing up from playing up there. They, exactly. They kind of done their job. And NHL. That's so the why NHL. They, that's why here. Yeah, they're gonna just get through, huh? We're gonna have the NHL for sure. I think they the will. Probably not. I think the they're NHL. I think yeah, the NHL will get through. Yes, they're in, the and, and they're in Canada too, so you don't have the. I mean, listen, you have the NBA in a the bubble. They're down in Florida, but Florida is the epicenter of the world right now as far as the coronavirus. You go over and see the bubble up in Canada; they're not going to have this issue. They're probably going to get through. I do think the higher probability of all the American sports, though, uh, besides NHL, the NBA will probably is probably going to finish. I think the NBA, the NBA will, will get through their season. I don't know about the um, uh, NFL, and I definitely don't know what's going on right now with the MLB. They're going to finish. It's a real shame, though. The non-contact sport can't get this thing right. It's funny. I, I joked about this when they announced what their plan was. I was like, you know, the winner of the pennant this year is going to be the last team standing. And then the Marlins had to make it. So it's like, yeah, actually, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Wait a minute. So they're, they're done till Monday, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, both them and the Phillies are postponed to be announced how that's going to work. So yeah, like, how, so how are you going to go past Monday? Right. Well, wait, so how are you going to have two teams that's basically – done for like a weekend you got records you have games all this kind of stuff how are you going to finish this it's going to be too hard to do telling you it's going to be an elimination chamber they're just going to have to stop yeah i mean forfeit some games like you just don't get to play 60 tony what are y'all hearing on the uh the Sox podcast well um obviously everybody's concerned uh, around the league, the players, they had a uh, an emergency. The player reps had an emergency meeting um, about just uh, about what happened in uh, Miami, to Miami. Um, and they still plan to kind of go forth, you know, with the season um, as much as they can. But I'm not 100% sure that they actually know, like, what the plan would be if, there was like a, another kind of major outbreak. Like let's say if the Phillies, they did contract it. Um, and like it was multiple cases in, in Philadelphia. Um, that I get one team, but two teams, like you gotta, you gotta shut everything down. Um, and because you're making it m- more difficult on yourself, trying to circle all these loops. Well, uh, pause this team, but what about this team? They're supposed to be playing them. Like, no, this haven't played the next team, but that, that team is playing somebody else. Like, it's probably just easier just to shut it all down. And that's speaking from a guy who's, I mean, our livelihoods is on sports and sports kind of coming back. Yeah. But if, I mean, that was a major outbreak, a major one. Uh, And these guys are supposed to, and it's weird because it's same issue with football. um, They go home. They're not in a bubble. The players aren't in a bubble. They, they, you know, do their tests and stuff, their daily tests, um, which, They've been doing pretty well with that. Uh, according to the numbers, is actually really low in, in terms outside of the the outbreak in Miami. The numbers are relatively low still, um, but still, 
like, I don't know other people's family situations. Like, I don't know what their families are doing and, and their family fa- family members are doing. So um, it's still a, a difficult and it's going to take an effort by every individual that's involved. And that's asking a lot for a large number of people. And we see how difficult it is to get a large number of people to do one thing. Um, so far, they've been doing all right. But still, it's, it's going to be hard. Totally see that. Totally see that. Listen, man, it's not going to work. I mean, if, and again, with these team, with these sports where where you have a limited roster in, in basketball, basically 15 players, and coaches and trainers and stuff like that, compared to where you talk about baseball, you're talking about especially football. And then football is built, well, all, all of these sports are built off of young labor and how much you can get out of the young labor before you have to pay them. But football in general, with the short time span of an NFL career, you're talking about young people, and we've seen it throughout the country. Uh, we saw it in uh, the, the drive-in concert in New York. I think I saw one of a house party. Uh, chain smokers. The chain uh, smokers. Yeah, chain smokers. Yeah. And, and I saw a house party in New Jersey where they said in a oh, mansion yeah. there was like 700 people yeah. in a mansion. What? And, it took the police like hours to break it up. Yeah, dude. Like, Whoa, and I, I did again, not hear about that. We're talking yeah. about young, rich people. All right, this is the time in their life. I've said this from the beginning of this. I'm happy I'm older because if I was in my early 20s, I would have a problem sitting my ass down. And at that point, I was taking care of two elderly ladies. All right, so probably I would have, but that's hard. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. That's hard because that's your, this is your time. I mean, this is your summer. And again, I'm not saying that they should be doing it. I'm just trying to look into their mind, especially feeling as if I'm safe. I'm not going to do anything, quote unquote, risky, even though, I mean, if you're kicking it out, you're being risky. I mean, let alone if you're getting it on, of course, you're being extra risky uh, with that. So uh, I give I listen to all my young brothers out there. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I think that I think that that mentality may uh, um <laughs> It may be different in football because, again, a lot of those guys, they don't have the big money deal. Um, so, like, it's going to if, – if I know that, all right, this is, I'm, I'm working on trying to get the second deal. I'm still under the first deal. I was uh-huh. a six-rounder, and I need to make the roster. Like, do you – That guy really, went to Starkville, Mississippi for three years. That's what to say. $100,000 in his pocket. That's what I'm about to say, dude. He got. He went from being broke to being a hundred thousand dollar heir, and you still think again? I'm not saying he's not going to train or whatever, but people are going to want to congregate. People aren't want to aren't going to want to have relationships. I mean, again, some people will Tony. You will have those guys that are of a one track mind about getting that next deal. Uh, but even with this, the risk of all right. Let's say um player B. Drafted in the fifth, fourth round. I bust my ass. I do what I need to do. I'm not going around anybody. I'm just being around my teammates and playing games. I still run the risk of getting it from my teammates and in those games. Yeah. So, like, so, and when you're talking about my future contract, we don't still know how my body may be compromised 
And we know through baseball arbitration, when I show up and my lungs don't pump out, you'd be like, when you put that machine up to see how, how hard my, my lungs are put, pushing out, and you're like, dude, this is down 15 degrees right here. What you been doing? I'd be like, the COVID, you're going to take that to me and be like, you just don't run as fast as you used to when your lungs was uh, working at an excellent capacity. And I'm not to know what it can do when we know now it can be, it's a blood disease to other organs in your body. And again, I'm not a doctor. So they just throw caution to the wind? But hey, I'm gonna get it anyway. It don't matter. No, no, that's some not, people, that's but not, some people are like that. Yeah, though, that's not my point. I'm so not talking about I'm athletes, not, athletes, though. D, we're just yeah. not talking about the the, the, the normal. Hey, listen, I, I mean, you're gonna have some athletes that are gonna probably have the same. Listen. Sports is a microcosm of society. We've been we know that to the nth degree, right? People inside the sports industry are going to do the same crazy stuff that people outside on the streets are going to do. You're going to have some cats be like, "Man, that stuff ain't real," or you have some cats be like, "Man, get away from me!" Or like, um, or Rizzo at first base, he's like, you, "You need you need some uh, hand sanitizer." You know what I'm saying? You're going to have that schism, and you're going to have some cats in the major league sports is going to be exactly like that. Ain't ain't no, don't believe in masks. Don't believe in the virus, whatever the case may be. They and they are prime athletes, superior athletes of the human race. And it, it can definitely happen. It goes to the point, even if you know that, it's go, it goes to the point of why are we even trying to do this? You know what I'm saying? I understand this money is there, the money, you know what I'm saying, make the world go around. Cream, baby. I understand that. But if you know how people act and you see what's happening in the streets here in America. It makes no sense to try to push forward with these sports. We got Josh Hicks with us. I Josh. can tell from that background. Sue Woo, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Josh? What's up, fellas? How y'all been? Good, good. Make sure good. you check out In the Scope. Josh has an interview with the Bigs talking about baseball on both sides of town. So make sure you go to We Are Rigor Radio and check out. Uh, his podcast with uh, the Bigs, man, definitely yeah. support. Yeah. Josh, you heard what we was talking about? Give us your thoughts. Let's sit down empty. Man, I mean, I've kind, of, I've kind of been up in the air as far as sports in general. I mean, obviously starting off, I was hopeful that there would be sports, obviously with COVID going on, but there was so much unknown that, and, and the air that to the point was like, you know what, since we don't know too much right now, kind of just got to go with the flow. I mean, you just plan and prep for what you can, and then you move forward. But now you got um, all these different tests, all these people coming positive and things of that sort. I really just think it depends on the sport and, this, and of how sports are going to be successful. It depends on the sports that you're playing. Because if you look at basketball right now, yeah, you got some people that are t- positive tested for COVID-19 and not fully operating in the, in the bubble like they should. But sports are still being – played and they're being tested on a consistent basis and it's not as damaging as we thought it originally would be looking at baseball you got one team that's not they're not in a bubble system but you got a team like the marlins that has 14 players currently tested positive 17 and, people all together yeah 17 people all together and then you got some teams like like the phillies that just played the marlins and they're perfectly fine after being tested today so it really just depends on the sport and in the type of safety precautions that they have and the measures that they're taking behind trying to make this thing as safe as possible. It's kind of unknown if you're not in a specific bubble situation because it's something you can't really always control. So I think it really just varies on the sport. And we kind of, and within that, we just got to be as cautious as possible if we really want these sports to be as successful as they can or cannot be. 
Mm. I'm going to jump in real quick and say, if you can't make a bubble for your sport, then just don't play it, bro. Mm-hmm. Don't play it. Like, there's no reason to force all these people that's going to come play this sport, possibly contract the virus, take it back home, get worse, and then come back and play against people that don't have it, and then they end up contracting it, and now it's going to spread like wildfire. Maybe some people from the Phillies right now are testing positive. Who knows by next week sometime. That's it, may it pop right up. there. Same thing happened with, uh, so my dad ended up having it, and then we had to all go get tested. We still waiting for it right now to find out. We like, bruh. We have no idea the time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When did you take the no. tests? I took the, you know what I'm funny? I took the test 10 business days ago. I still don't have my results yet. So contract tracing doesn't even work, basically, because, like, so, wow, Melvin. Sorry, man. How's your father? So, so he's, he's, on a, he's on a better end of it right now. He's, like, Real quick. feeling himself again. He's getting his energy back. He's got an appetite and stuff now, so he's feeling much better. But even from that example myself, I was saying, if you can't just isolate yourself to one place so you can make sure that you don't get it and you're testing daily, like what the NBA is doing, like what the NHL is doing, say in a situation like with my family, if somebody comes home and then goes to work three, four days, a week, two weeks from now, they end up popping up with it. Now everybody they've been in contact with over that point in time could potentially get it. Don't play if you can't do a bubble. Let me play devil's advocate with you, Melvin. Uh, on this because the NHL and NBA already played their regular seasons, right? So, one, when you're going to those NBA unions... Not yet. Oh, no, no. Wrong. I'm saying they played their regular seasons. Okay, they did. Yeah. They, yeah, they played their regular seasons. So, with the MLB and with the NFL, uh, even though they might be a shrunk in their season, the NFL's trying to get all six, seven, 16 games in. When you're going to that union, there has to be a negotiation. So, what if, especially with the, the NFL and the MLB, those players are like, I'm not going to be away from my family for this allotment of time. So then, because I'm, I'm with you. I'm saying I'm with you. But when you're negotiating with the union, you're like, you know what? We're going to take you away from your family. In the NFL, you're basically saying we're going to take you away from your family from the end of August, basically, or August, all the way until January, right? Or your family's going to live in this bubble too. So what are you going to do with remote learning? or with your kids or anything like that. So the only point is, I, I don't know how easy it is with unions to get that bubble situation where NBA players basically was like, well, let's go down there and let's run through the playoffs and also let's make sure we try to keep the cap intact for the future seasons. You know what? A good point of that would be, while that does create some tension, obviously with some people not want to be away from their families, they have had more than enough time to be able to figure all that mm-hmm. out. So if they actually wanted their families to be in a bubble location with them, they would have had time to say, you know what, we're going to partner with either these schools or wherever. Like, if you get a hotel, say, we're going to lock down this hotel for a team. If we have a certain learning program that the kids are going to have through these ages, or we have these schools that are going to be nearby, you now open up the possibility to do a multitude of things. Excuse me, a multitude of things. But by not doing any of that and just letting time go by and then, like, a week before the season start, be like, you know what, yeah, we will test y'all every day. And if it's below 5%, then we'll move it to every other day. You putting yourself in the same situation that baseball is going to be in in three weeks when it's over with. Yeah. Uh, to that point, like baseball really messed it up, really blew it. Like earlier, granted, now you wouldn't want to be in Arizona or Florida, but early on, if they could have gotten their negotiation nailed down, they could have easily instituted a bubble in, in spring training facilities because it's already facilitated and set up for that. 
And then number two, like you just think about it, like picking one location, like you're not playing these games in front of an audience. You don't have to find a place that can put 35 butts in seats. You could have easily filled up a bunch of empty hotels in downtown Chicago, rented commercial buses, driven people up to the University of Wisconsin campus, out to South Bend, down to Indianapolis to a AAA facility. You could have easily found 15 quality fields that didn't necessarily have a capacity for Major League Baseball, but they had good enough grounds to do it. Broadcast it all and filled up hotels that were otherwise empty. You didn't do that. And instead you let people go all over the place. And then in the other case of the NFL, uh, because again, being the only Premier League fan, I think here, they finished their season without incident, but they went from playing one game a week to playing two games a week just to finish the season with like the three week, three month delay. And it wasn't without incidents in terms of like, oh, more people are picking up like soft tissue injuries. But like, I know everybody talks about how the hardest thing about the NFL is having Thursdays to Sundays. But the thing about it is the only way the NFL plays a full 16 game schedule is if they don't like take 18 weeks to finish it. The only way that they're ever going to get through this is to condense the amount of time and go into lockdown and, and well, create a bubble. Are you saying that they would play games like two games in a week or something like that? The only way to really get through this, especially with the numbers going up is the short and the length of time. You have to keep 53 men eligible to play. Yeah, but they, their bodies won't be able to maintain the wear and tear. If you like, if you even look at Thursday night games and how many people can complain about the fact that their bodies haven't healed by Thursday playing their prior week, I will be largely concerned about injuries stacking up when you're sitting there playing what four playing a game every four days or every five days. So, I mean, again, I'm just pointing out what I would I think. think. Being a devil's advocate, you would probably need to unwed yourself from the idea that you're sitting down every Sunday and watching a game and go on a, like a five or six day week rather than a seven day week, just so you can get the games in quicker. Because again, with the infection rates going up, I don't really see you being able to finish this with 53 guys, 53 variables, 53 moves and pieces in their families. Like you got to it up. My big thing at that point would be, yo, no other sport really aside from basketball. And then you're eventually going to have NHL is on, especially if baseball is going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Cut the number of games. You will yeah. make the ad revenue up. That's definitely. If you cut the number of games and speed it up some, there you go. But if you still are dead set on having, we gonna play these seventeen games and get all that money back. Nothing else is on TV. Everybody's gonna watch. So if mm -hmm. you cut the game down like five to twelve games, you mean to tell me people wouldn't be excited and watch all twelve of them games more people than usual? Yes, Man, they your, would. Your TV money would get messed up. They did not Listen, pay for that. They did not right, pay for that. They would be like, "Give me that! Give me that!" But do, but to Melvin's point, but to Melvin's point, is nothing else on, and football is king right now in sports. So what else are you gonna do? They can kind of have, they can kind of have you by the gonads now. Who I'm is they? Saying, Who are they? I, Who are they? Have you by the gonads? The NFL. The NFL. The NFL. Who, now, no, who has the, are you saying the NFL has who by who has who by the gonads? The NFL is what I'm asking. Would then have the advertisers. 
by the gonads. Due to yeah. we have this product that y'all want for these hot Ken, I'm not saying that you're talking about losing money and that in that situation you just said the ad revenue would be completely off. You're 100 no, percent right about I'm that. About the TV, they have contracts for TV money for a certain allotment of games. Listen, all right. So I, wait, I, this, I, you're I, not going to. Go you can't give me my games. I'm not giving you your money, and they don't have fans coming into the stadium <laughs> with players who already have guaranteed, well, semi-guaranteed money in their contracts. Do so you I'm want? Saying, do you want something, or do you want nothing? I don't listen. You can't rip your listen. Was Melvin just rip the contract up? You can't just go in there. First of all, the NFL just negotiated that contract. It's better that it was negotiated already because it was prior to COVID. Because I bet those team right. people were like. Man, I wish we could have got your ass now. You're right about that. So, boy, boy. So, if you're going to be like, we're going to rip the deal up, I'm going to be like, I'm going to hit you with this COVID contract on your bitch ass. Well, look, go ahead and hit me with that COVID contract. And then when we don't play and now ain't nobody making no money, it's on you because of how much more you could have made. And you put the younger wrestlers on. nothing else on. Man, ain't nobody watching that. Go ahead. They they, they ain't drawing numbers like that, Ken. Ken, you know they ain't drawing numbers like that. I'm going to put Mountain Man on, brother. I'm going to put Mountain Man. By Wednesday, you're going to be tired of it. Netflix (laughs) and Amazon go right. The little five NFL games ain't enough. The other option. The other option is league-wide, like two to three game, like a two, like a – bifurcated or a trifurcated season where you play like six games, take two or three weeks off, six more games, two or three weeks off. It's the only way. Like you're not going to get through 17 weeks consecutively with 53 guys on a team and no bubble. I 100% agree. All right, we'll come on back. We have some more fun right here with the whole entire crew, D and Davis show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS 2 Chicago. You're listening to the D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. We are back. Crew formation. Josh Hicks, Ryan Bukovetsky, Jason Kessner, Melvin Taylor. Of course, my main man, Kenneth Davis, Tony Gill. And we are RegalRadio.com's editor-in-chief and my cousin, Blood, right here. How means. You've been out in that sun. You've been out in that sun, boy. What you been out there doing with that COVID out there? Who? You got a little bit of tan on you, Kyle. You, oh, because I've, I've been coughing, coughing and open mouths and, you know, <laughs> walking up to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Cuzzo, hey, Cuzzo, real quick. So, J.R. Bang, I got J.R. Bang down there. We, we first, Ken and I first met him. Uh, Melvin, I don't know. Melvin, were you still in? Were you down at IMS, Tony? Were you down at IMS when um and Jason yes, too? Yeah, yeah, Tony, when Jr. Oh, all right, so he's been listening to the sixteen nineteen project. I saw him tweeting about it, and he said, "Like, man, this is crazy." You know, what I'm saying I'm finally getting around, listen to it. My people are from Greenwood, Mississippi, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. oh snap!" <laughs> Kyle and our people are from Greenwood, Mississippi. My grandfather and his grandmother are brothers and sisters. Yeah. And I was like, huh, wow. interesting. And JR was like, what's up, Cuzzo? I'm like, hey, what's up, Cuzzo? So, but y'all both took DNA tests, so y'all would have found that out. Who took DNA tests? JR and you have taken DNA tests. Oh, I didn't know JR JR did a DNA test. Yeah, he test. found out like uh, his mother had a sister or something. Really? Uh, yeah, like. Oh, something okay. Like- I, I got to hit him on the DM then. I didn't know that. So, yeah, so that's not your cousin. Oh. Well, I'm going to let know. you know. Wait, wait. Let me, let me smash that shit. Wait, 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 the wait, same how do you know that? that how do you know that? Because I think, right. actually, I think y'all use the same company. I think y'all use the same company. Oh, okay. So it'll be the same database. So that's why I'm just saying. That. Well, I don't know if I mean. I said also everybody in Greenwood, Mississippi, wasn't cousins. Y'all, you, you, 
There yeah. wasn't that many people you, in Great. You're incestual yes. motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> This is a nineteen. This is the nineteen forties. There's only five people there. This is nineteen forty. It was Adam and Eve in this motherfucker. I don't know. The nineteen forties. Don't be careful. Oh, we was all cousins and we was just doing it nasty. <laughs> where, where, where your people from, Ken? Where your people from? My people are from Mississippi. My mother's side is from Mississippi. Where Mississippi? I hope they're not from Greenwood. Greenwood. I hope they're not from Greenwood. <laughs> my father's family is from Mount Olive. They had a farm in Mount Olive, Alabama, and they moved mm-hmm. to Gaston, Alabama, after having the farm. See, I don't have any Alabama folks. I got. I know. Them. I could tell. Listen, Missouri, I'll Mississippi. I tell you this: for you not to have Alabama folks, you're an outstanding gentleman. Oh, okay. All right. I got Alabama folks. Because Alabama folks is outside of the rest. What is this? What is the sound coming on? What is that in the background that's happening? What sound? You don't hear that shit? No. No. I hear like uh, something said, that's nice. Just a second ago in my earbuds. Is somebody hacked into our Zoom account? What do you, what do you, I don't hear I'm just telling you what I heard. I'm just telling you what I heard. I'm just telling you what I heard. All right. Where's that? Where's that? Dating text? That chat up? XX chat. Ooh, that's that? nice. You. <laughs> <laughs> Too old and poor for that. That's nice. That's but nice. I just Keep heard it just. Now listen to something. I think it was probably something on your end, man. Yeah, I mean, hopefully so. But uh, right. no, uh, I, my, that's where my people are from. Um, and with the racism, the great racist state of Alabama, uh, but it produces some good, some good folks. I think. We have what? Cal, Tony's people are from Alabama. Tony, your people from Alabama, right? You can just nod. You don't have to unmute. Are you listening, boy? (laughs) (laughs) He can't unmute it. Melvin, Tony, are your people from Alabama? No, they're from Mississippi. Oh shit! We got out of that state. We got out of that state. Listen, my brother who passed, his father passed last year, right? Mm-hmm. And he moved to Mississippi. And I said, you know, I've never. I went to see him at the hospital to brought some food. I said, you know, I never had the inkling to move to Mississippi. You know, should a should should a black person move to Mississippi? Basically, he said, hell no. All right, <laughs> this was modern day. Damn, this was modern day Mississippi, right? Uh, Wilson, Wilson, while we're going around well, the Well, they just screen, got rid of the flag, like, the other week, right? Right, yeah, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Josh, Josh, where are your slaveholders from? <laughs> Arkansas. Oh, this. They from Arkansas. Oh, you, you look like an Arkansas MFO. <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. Uh, it's Melvin, Melvin. Come on, Melvin, unmute. Let's find out where the slaveholders are. Pretty sure. I actually just take my dad to double-check and confirm. I'm pretty sure both my grandfather and my grandmother on his side are both from Alabama. But See, I'm double-checking. I knew that, though. Be, it, I can look at your boy. I look, oh, look at your boy. You look like you look like decent Alabama stuff. <laughs> oh, God. Look at this. What is this? What is this hurting you? What is this eye that you have for where everyone's from? You're Ryan and uh, Jason's ancestry, too? <laughs> I know, right? We don't need it. We don't need Poland. it. Poland! Poland! I was going to say Poland. And where are the Kesters from, Jason? Germany. Germany. Yeah, yeah wow. I bet you. I bet you I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> we should all we should all leave this they meeting. We should, we, should, we should leave this meeting and just have them here together. 
I was the good part is I don't have any connection to the South in my family, so that's a plus. Oh, uh, you still think y'all wasn't down with that F shit? Y'all was down with it. Sound connections. Like up north was just all good and clean. No, but we were still over in Europe when it was okay. like legal. That's so. what I'm about to say that they come over before the war, after the wait, war. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that they were in Germany during the war? That means they good war. The first one or the second one? I I was saying talking about the Civil War. That was the important one for the context of you. So I'm I'm asked. So you're saying your family came over after the Civil War? Uh, Yeah, most of my family came over. um, Actually, it's interesting. We did the thing. There's a you know the story about Alsace Lorraine getting taken over and swapping, and it was like the revenge between France and Germany. My grandfather's mom's side of the family both were from a village outside of there, and they left when it got taken over by. Uh, Prussia when it became Germany. So like nationalism is kind of built into my family story. So when you're saying out of there when they became German. So what around what year are we talking about? 1871 is the end of the Franco-Prussian War. So my family ended up in the 1880 census in Chicago. Okay. So they came over in like 1872, 73. So y'all was just out here all free and shit, right? Doing what you want to do, right? See me rubbing our faces and shit. I see the type of person you are. Well, listen, I get, I, I get that. With that exposed brick behind your ass, just flaunting it in our faces. Good Germany stock. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm trying to see. With me and Cal, I think I get back to eighteen. I want to say eighteen forties for us. I believe on our on our on our side of the family, my our paternal grandmother and grandfather's side of the family. I think I, I think we got back to eighteen forty. And I saw the census for that too. So, you know, we, um, yeah, Mississippi. All I know is, all I know is apparently my grandma wanted to get up here because Muddy Waters was up here. So take that as a, I bet she did. Yeah. 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 She did. I'm thirsty. (laughs) Speaking of Muddy Waters, they about to make his house into a national museum. I mean, a a museum. Yeah. So you ever go down Lake, yeah, you ever go down Lake Park? It has the um, the house with the flamingos on the front of screen door. That's his house. About the, it was already set as a landmark. A city landmark is right out there because I used to live right down the street from there. But yeah. they're to make it to a national um, a, mu- a museum out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think my grandfather was, ah, oh, man, how old was my grandfather when he came up here to Chicago from Mississippi? I think he was, he was younger than 10 years old. I know that for sure. So, but yeah, they wanted to get the hell out of Mississippi, you know. Maybe I'll go down there. Makes sense. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Hey, Cuzzo, maybe we should make a trip down to Mississippi one day. Go see our roots. Oh, how about that? you want to sit well, there? Why don't you all whistle at no white women? I can see steal, how this I got to whistle to the white women. You want to steal, <laughs> steal that Evan F. Moore going to Oklahoma trip, don't you? You want to rip that off. It's the show to go find its roots. Me and Kyle, we going to find the sprue roots. Hey, let's see. what Every documentary. Yeah. Hey. It might be pretty good. You never know. Have you ever been down there? Because I went down there like once no. in the 90s. You been I'm down happy, there? I'm never happy you said that. Grandma, grandma took me down there. Really? No. I was like no. eight. No. Try to teach you how to behave right. Huh? My, granddaddy. <laughs> <laughs> my granddaddy did not take me down to Mississippi. You stay I mean, in your place. He, my grandfather oh, I end up in Mississippi. Yeah. My grandfather passed when I was 10. So I never had the chance to kind of, you know what I'm saying, teenage right. years, whatever like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't know. long after that. 
Yeah, no, that's there. true. That's true. That is true. That is true. No, I've never been down to Mississippi. I've never been down there. One day, we, one day I want to get down there. We should do it. We should do it. Let's, let's do a road trip because I was going to Greenwood try to find Mississippi. Yeah. Y'all have that's, fun. Called, that's called a fly in. <laughs> <laughs> you we don't already covered trip, that, Tommy. You don't road trip <laughs> through the <laughs> South. What do you mean? It's open. You got after, a road trip. For about a decade, Athens has been trying to get me to road trip through the South. Oh, <laughs> Nah, son. I'm like, we're flying in Atlanta. We can drive to Alabama. Help people from Alabama, too. We can drive into Alabama. One, just off GP. Since That's a little bit of a drive, though, isn't it? No, nah, Alabama and, and the, uh, Georgia aren't that far apart. Like, nah, No, no, I'm talking about Atlanta to the border of Alabama. Uh, Atlanta, the uh, city to the border of Alabama. It's not that far? It's be- uh-huh. Guess what? It's better than Chicago to the border of Alabama. That's very true. <laughs> All right. That's my point. All right. One, just I'm too old to be road tripping. I'm not a college student. It used to be the ish back in those days. But now we can fly in and rent a car in the region and do our stuff. Y'all don't drive from him here to go all the way through the South. Hey, man, it's COVID going on. We just had a we just had a whole segment. We just had a whole segment of how nobody can play sports. You want to put us on the plane? Thank you, Ken. Hey, that's when you got to fly that PJ, baby. Okay. Ask Tony. Right. Tony out. Tony out here buying cars on the uh, black Juneteenth. On Juneteenth, he out here. Get that money. Get that what? money from t- Tony. What new shoes you got? No, is that is that Malibu oh, black? <laughs> look at him. Look at him. Black. Guess he looking right now. Like which one should I show? Look at him. Look at him. Was, Tony, do you have access to the Sox plane? <laughs> no. Um, I was. I, I was trying to get those. Uh, those off white. Uh, fours that came out Saturday. Why are you still messing with Virgil? Right. <laughs> wait, wait, so well, let me ask you this. So Melvin, when you say why are you still messing with Virgil, are you saying that in general or was the Pop Smoke uh, album cover too much for you? <laughs> I know how you guys love Pop Smoke. So let me just... Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I mean, he's a very, you know, he got a lot of potential. I, I said something about y'all to Pop Smoke. Some, I won't say it on here since he's so popular. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned him on the jump the Jack Boys about four or five months ago when I was like, eh, I get he had a different sound. It was that, it, yeah, it yeah, was just that song. That song on Jack Boys just didn't didn't hit right for who. Okay, who that's he what is I was for now. I was like, yo, that one wasn't that and I I listened to it because I'm like, oh Shawnee is popping. Let me listen to it. And I'm like, whoa, this isn't what I'm here for or whatever. He but Tony he, Tony he passed away, right? Didn't he go? No, uh, no he was away? killed. He was yeah, killed. He was killed. He was murdered. I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. I mean, well, you gotta you, know, I mean, you don't say you wanna say MLK passed away. Right. He ain't MLK, Okay. Say, oh, you know, ain't no he was like, nah, they can't like, go like, to the old Chris know. Rock bit now. I know, right? <laughs> Man, that new was shot. Hey, no, Tony, no. are you investing some of this money? Like, I mean, you've had discussions. All right. Where are you putting this money? Away? You putting some of this money away? Acorns. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, of course I'm saving. <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. Well, in terms of like into a business? Just no, no, just in, in different places. Just in different places that will generate some money on its own, are no, you no, putting no. away or whatever? No, the, the Gills put their money in the Bible like good black folks. <laughs> <laughs> Building fund. Okay, right. You know, Tony ain't put none of his money in that building fund. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing enough for y'all. <laughs> I make sure this is working. I'm good. You're not getting no more of this. Tony better be putting that money you on really Facebook, funny. Daddy. Exactly, D. Exactly. That's my. That's me contributing. That's my time. <laughs> Tony needs to put some of that money in real estate. Right. 
uh, that's maybe maybe something eventually once I once I have enough. But you know, it's nothing special. Four one Ks, RAs. It's good. It's good. You can buy back the block. Buy back Burbank. Come on, shout out to Rick Ross. Burbank, you better you better buy back Marshfield. <laughs> and Melvin Melvin just brought up something, and I will since we just going off top. We'll get to this stuff later. Right, um, but Melvin, you just said uh, like Rick Ross. Yeah. I will tell you this much with Swiss Beats. I enjoyed the DMX Snoop one, even though Very Snoop good. basically brought out his his sea level stuff for this. But you hey, can tell real Snoop, talk. Real Snoop, talk. Is, yeah. Snoop is waiting for another. Snoop is really yeah. the only person that can battle Jay Z. He should sure as, sure as far as hits, yep. as far as yeah. yep. longevity and yeah, like because like, like even like the, yeah, like yep. oh. Like R that the R and B the R and G album the blue carpet like he had some stuff on those mm. albums. They I know do we talk about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, right, right, right. But I think for the most part, I know um, uh, I know that um, uh, the Broad Street Bully uh, said it uh, with um, what's what's the name? I don't know how I just blanked on his name. I called him the Broad Street, Broad Street Bully uh, from uh, Rockefeller. Dude, uh, Freeway. Place. Oh, Beanie Seagull. Yeah. I know Beanie said it, but it was common sense, though, that it should be, if it's going to be Rick Ross, it should be Jeezy, right? Like, No, I agree. I feel like 2 chains is, it's funny to see that he thinks of himself in that space, which, I mean, obviously you should if you 2 chains had got that far. But if they were doing features, I could see 2 chains having a chance against Rick Ross. If we doing right. just purely bodies of work, this battle ain't gonna last long to me. It's not, dog. And people don't know about that 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 about fourteen months. And this was a this was a decade ago during the prime of Kanye, uh, Little Wayne uh, reign. It was fourteen months, but not nobody get on the track with Rick Ross. All right, oh, for sure. like, but like I, Rick Ross I, had a reign when he was the hottest rapper. At, mm-hmm. It was, and some people that weren't Rick Ross fans don't really know that or whatever. And this right. is outside of just him making hits. I'm just yeah. talking about where as he a had, kid, nobody wanted to touch him. Right. But this is my thing, though. I think Two Chains is a better MC than Rick Ross. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I I think I think wait 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 y'all talking about y'all talking about features on my song no, no, on talking about a, straight, a straight MC I think two chains mm-hmm. is better than Rick Ross he has, a t- he has yes. better no no he can have better oh. punchlines as a dog from from end to end on the track no you don't think so because no. I remember when he was titty I'm more of a two chains fan than I am a Rick Ross fan yeah but I remember I remember back when with disturbing the peace. And mm-hmm. be like, you know, a titty boy can rap, mm-hmm. but one he couldn't do hooks, and when it got to a point, it's like somebody else needs to jump on this part right here, right? And he's definitely improved off of that, but he's better in a smaller sample size to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. With the, what Melvin was saying about the features, because mm-hmm. you give him eight, eight to sixteen bars, he gonna light it up, dog. Rick Ross got songs like. Just, just, just life off cocaine alone. Like no, no, no. Rick, no like, I think Rick Ross never would. had enough respect for Rick Ross. I think I Rick Ross. I, I, I think Rick Ross would win the battle. Like I thought. Well, Snoop is in my top ten of all time. That's he's one of my favorites, right? Uh-huh. I think Snoop was better. I think Snoop has a obviously has a way better catalog, and I think personally a better MC than DMX. 
But the great thing was, is it kind of like like the difference and kind of like how it flowed really he with the DMX. He took it easy on him, dude. He took it easy. I think he did take it easy on him. I he think didn't he did. Bring take out, it, he didn't bring. He didn't bring out a lot of stuff. Yeah, Stu could have brought out a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. And this is this simple. Just the simple fact of him freestyling at the end. That's what Ryan, I like the most. Whole other level. Yes, hold level. That's what I like, dude, especially right. Stoop is on a whole other level, especially on East Coast cats. Cause that yes. he was coming for respect for the East Coast, and he was trying to get X that. to do it, and X really couldn't but do that's it. That's not right. It's not and his no, thing. No, X could, you know. X could remember the battles with Jay Z, the two battles with Jay Z in the past. But he was trying to bring it out of him. Stoop's still doing it though. Yeah, but he don't do it like X. So old, he don't freestyle. No, more. no, and he don't. That, if you don't work that muscle, if you don't work that muscle, still, yeah, Luke is still there where he's like, well, most of setting him up with that. Did. That was a setup right there. He, he's like, yeah, put the freestyle on. Yeah, because I've been practicing my freestyle. Well, Snoop is one of the greatest. Yeah, yeah. I took it. I took it easy on you, but let me yeah. still show y'all where I'm at. Yeah, Snoop is one of the greatest uh, freestyle MCs. If you want to say a mainstream rapper, he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest. So I don't know. I'm more of a I'm more of a Chains fan than a Rick Ross fan. But I mean, so we'll like see. You like his punchlines. You no, like I, li- I like his rhyme. I like his like, rhyme. No I like his, I like his punchlines. I do, Melvin. I do like his punchlines, but I like his rhymes though. I do like Two Chainz rhymes. I do like them. I do like. Give me, give me, give me five Two Chain songs that you love. Oh, let me go to the phone. That's, that's no, no feature. No, no, no. Can, I go, the, can no, I go to the phone? Can I go to the phone? You said no. Yeah. You said no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I can't tell. You. Right? Because I can hear you. Hey, man, I've been drinking. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I've been drinking <laughs> too. I've been drinking myself. Was it? I've been drinking a two chains joint. I think it was. <laughs> I think yeah. it might have been. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah, I could. But also, with Kanye on it. but also, I couldn't give you probably five Ross fan Ross songs either. But you Although, didn't like Ross doing Ross's not, prime. I, I'm not a. I'm not a big Ross fan though. I like two. You chains. wasn't. You wasn't on the Freemason weave. The, the I'm, I'm not a star. Like Ooh. I can name three, four Maybach music alone. Come on, Dude. bro. Maybe back going home. back to where what, what's listen, one with Jada Kiss was on? That was a nice one. Erica the Biden. one, the uh, three, yeah. The, the, the time three, where three. he was doing the uh, talking about uh, uh, Jet, uh Larry Hoover and uh, Meech, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. big dog, yeah. everything yeah. that that motherfucker was putting out Hits. in my house. Hits. That's how, like we do. Hits. It was he was bodying people. All right, like he, the fact that, like, for, for instance, and I know we got discussion that D, that you didn't listen to him then, I feel bad because you like that album where he went back to it like four years ago where everybody was like, man, this is it. And it was like, no, nah, dude, I did like that, that one. I he did was like doing that. that seven years ago. My question is whenever he plays Aston Martin music, what is Two Chains gonna play? Hmm. Birthday. A birthday. Birthday. A lot of a lot of <laughs> a lot of changes hits into more feature stuff. Like I don't know if I can name a, a consecutive hits that Chains has had um, mm. where it's just by himself. Or He's still looking too, T. Something that he, he said is. nothing. <laughs> I, I, I am looking. <laughs> he said <laughs> one song. He said one song. Man, I let them strippers. Man, I let them strippers. No, really? What? I don't know, man. I'm just saying some shit. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I'm you just like, I'm like, say, Tony, like, make sure you invest in real estate. That's all that's I'm very true. <laughs> very true. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Listen, on. one thing too. Um, so, the, and I'm going to ask Melvin this, and we got Josh here, we got the Where's whole my team. Liquor? So, one of the rumors has has come out with the NBA that I read today um, was the fact that, and this was Bleach Report, I believe, 
that both New York teams perhaps may have some interest in Zach Levine. Uh, the Knicks need a star, and the Nets are looking to have a third uh, primetime player to play along with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So what are you guys, what are you guys' thoughts on that situation? And also, uh, what should the Bulls, if they were putting Zach Levine out on the market, and who's to say if they are, what do you think would be appropriate for them as far as wanting back in the trade or anything like that? Josh, I'll let you go ahead first. Dude, I mean, I think the Bulls really shouldn't trade him just because who would you get back for him? I mean, at this point, if you're talking about if you're talking about just trading with the Knicks and the Nets in general, yeah, the Zach I've always said Zach Levine is a good one A option to a superstar. He may not be the ideal superstar, but he has the potential. But he has a really good All Star caliber. One A. I just want to say that part. Please continue. One A. Wow. Yeah, right, one A, like a side. You feeling, like a side you're feeling that light skin? Is the light skin? He <laughs> <laughs> suddenly looked at him in the eyes and was like, "I feel you." <laughs> Can please continue, John? No, I mean, I've, I've always said that he's a, a good sidekick option, especially from an offensive scoring standpoint. But he needs to be with, connected with a superstar. If he goes to Brooklyn, where you already have. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you're going to be that C option. And that doesn't always, and, yet, and from a historical perspective, that, also, that doesn't always pan out for superstars like Chris Bosh and things of that sort that have, that have filled that role. They would, they, he wouldn't live up to his full potential that he could if he went to pair with You think he's a superstar? I did not say he was a superstar. Ooh, I said he was a superstar. I'm going to jump out, Melvin. You go right ahead, sir. So what I'm going to say is there's no reason in the world to trade him for the New York Knicks, but there is a lot of reason to be able to trade him to the Brooklyn Nets, depending on whose side you're on. If you're in Brooklyn, that's the perfect third piece to what it is that y'all have. You have KD. You don't know what he's going to be like when he fully comes back, right? You still have Kyrie Irving. You know he can put numbers up on a consistent basis. If you're able to get rid of who I got, Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie and maybe one other person's contract to be able to get Zach Levine, then that's another 20 points per game when KD or Kyrie is off. Now, for the Knicks, they shouldn't trade for Zach Levine at all. You putting yourself in the same situation that you did when you got Amari or you got Carmelo Anthony. You're in a good spot right now. You just brought in a new coach. You got a bunch of draft picks. You got a lot of young players. I get that you want to speed things up because you miss out on people. Just build it up the right way for once, for once in a while. Like, why are you rushing to go back into the same mess you just got out of? Don't I don't know why you expect the Knicks to build the right way. <laughs> now, look, I, I feel you. I feel you. Me and my roommate have had this conversation so many times because he's a big Knicks fan. But this is the one time when it's like, look, y'all are really in a good spot. Thibodeau's going to be a decent coach. Y'all going to have some okay assistance. Y'all have some pretty good management with Leon Rose, World Wide West. You can talk to anybody you want to talk to. Not a whole, hey, maybe bring Jason Kidd in to get Giannis. If you don't believe in Jason Kidd's ability to coach that team outside of Giannis, don't bring him in. Bring in somebody else that, regardless of the situation you're in, will be able to work out. Because that's what ended up going wrong. But I'm, I forget my man's name that came from Memphis. What's his name? David Fisdale. Fisdale. Yeah, Fisdale. Because Fisdale is a lot more of a, look, if I got some veterans, I can coach them. As far as the, the younger guys, he really got that. And this is also a great rebrand for Thibodeau to be like, look, I can coach a young team all the way up that doesn't have that superstar yet or that doesn't have that – I think LaMelo Ball might end up being that guy if they end up getting the number one pick that has somebody like that. That's what they need to do. But if the Bulls are going to trade him, trade him to Brooklyn, get Karis LeVert back. Hey, right, real quick, let me jump in. Right, let me jump into this. 
Um, if the Bulls are going to trade. So this is one thing. And I, actually, Tony, I'm going to go to you after this. So I'm sitting there and I'm checking out Denver. And uh, you know I was a Michael Porter guy. and You wanted them to draft him regardless of his injury. Uh, teams thought, thought bowl ball from his injury to being also perhaps not aggressive enough and lazy uh, uh, from coming from a family that had some money. Uh, what did, wasn't going to pan out? Who's to say he's still going to pan out? We know uh, Artivas was big in bringing Jokic into Denver. So if you're telling me that our general, our president, is good at talent evaluation to that degree, right? I'm just going off of his track record. That if he's that good, one, get the Knicks pick, mm-hmm. right? Because Zach Levine, one, is on a honeymoon contract. That's cheap for his production, especially, I agree with you, Melvin, the Nets are the best option, really. Um, and it will stifle Zach Levine because he's not going to have the ball in his hands because of Kyrie. Uh, Kevin Durant's a much more efficient player and doesn't need the ball as much. It will, it will stifle him, but we, and I hate to say it, I'm not dissing to Kyrie. Kyrie's not going to be there for the full season anyway. All right. So Zach Levine's going to get his chance. He's going to get his either, either Kyrie or I was gonna say, will. Or it's going to be, even with KD, it's going to be uh, low management because you're not right. going to have his first season where you're just pushing not him like to what, the street. Why was doing this year? Exactly. Uh, so, and, uh, but see, one, not Karis LeVert. Listen, and this is where the messed up part about the Bulls. You're going to have to send me who already was here, Spencer Dinwiddie, too, um, and Karis LeVert with uh, draft picks that are unprotected to a certain degree in some years where that, that team should somewhat be leveling off. But at least the Knicks have a losing record to where I can be like, and again, this goes to our Artivis Karnasovas. If he's that good in this draft where there's no dominant player, this is the point of bringing someone like him in. Because if he can spot talent, because Denver may not have the man, they got mad talent. If he can spot talent like that, I want him to have more picks to build. Because if you start layering the Bulls with a lot of talent, with a, a city as nice as Chicago, you can start moving that talent out and bringing in major players because it's more attractive. Well, one, you've shown that you can build a team, but also as far as the city goes. But Tony, what do you say? Um, I mean, it's nice and fun to talk about uh, you know, trading key pieces of franchises, but uh, the likelihood, I mean, teams are going to do their due diligence and they assume a disgruntled star is around, so they're going to pick up the phone. Um, and the Bulls are going to do their due diligence and pick up the phone and politely decline. <laughs> um, uh, they don't take this job if they don't think that there's, like, there isn't anything here. Um, I think they fully intend to keep they're 25 a game score that's making t- under $20 million on the roster. Um, and those two teams specifically, I don't, Zach Levine would be by far the best player um, in, in, in any trade with Brooklyn or, uh, or the Knicks. Uh, I mean, Karis LeVert is nice. He's not Zach Levine. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, the Bulls had him prior. Uh, I mean, but he, again, he, he's not Zach Levine. So the, the, the whole idea would be if they were to make that trade, Arturo's kind of shows and, and Mark Evans, if they were to make that trade, that means Zach is flatly saying, no, I don't want to be here, which that hasn't been the case. He's just frustrated, uh, with how his career has gone on, which he should be. He's, he's lost. He's a loser. 
that's 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 the case, and he doesn't want that to be so uh, going forward. Um, and uh, the current Bulls in front office, they believe that they can change that. So, um, and he's under contract, you know, for for uh, I think two seasons, two more seasons. seasons. Yeah. So they don't have to do anything with him um, at the current moment. And now it's they're taking on the challenge of convincing him to say, "Hey, we are preparing." to do something here. And we well, can I ask you, can I interrupt you real quick to ask you a question? Are you telling me that the Bulls management has to pitch to Zach Levine to stay with the Bulls? No, but this is under, this is under the assumption. Again, this is all rumors. Nothing's been confirmed. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm answering the question under the assumption that Zach and Levine you, you, you're is also, an angry superstar. But, but, but I'm not even concerned about him being angry. Um, especially going to you being closer to this than the rest of us. But, like, and I've said this to you in plenty of personal conversations, no knock on Zach Levine. I was fine with the trade, even though the Bulls clearly have lost that trade now. But I don't necessarily see winning basketball in Zach. And with with Melvin's point, Zach Levine is a third option, y'all. That's just the truth of the matter. And and that's – And it it wasn't – let me just finish. Let me just finish. So I guess what I'm trying to preface when I'm saying to this is you, let me ask you is you, if you can get something of quality and you are trying to build something. And again, it's not to say that when you come to an organization, the first thing you should do is get rid of all the value the organization has. Um, you may want to spend some time to figure out and see things close and personal yourself, including Zach Levine. And of course I'm joking, but including Jim Boylan, but when you're thinking about Zach Levine and the opportunities that he's had thus far, especially when it comes to being the man or being basically the man part B, it doesn't really seem like he fits the role. So for me, um, I have no problem with moving Zach Levine. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's just in the long haul of everything. Now it depends on what they draft this year and how he would look next to those, those players. But it just doesn't seem – it seems like there's value. Now, I said this, and Kyle uh, actually was cool with it, agreed with it, when people was getting mad at the $78 million the Bulls gave them, was that that's going to be attractive as hell to move because people are going to be overpaid, and Zach is getting less than $80 mil with how the cap was going to end up going. So, again, if you have the option to strike hot with a, a, their best commodity, because when you look at the fact that Laurie has fallen off – He's their only commodity. It may be time to do Very something. True. So definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't I don't have any need in me from seeing two years of healthy Zach Levine where I'm like, we got to hold on to that. And that's not a diss to him because he has improved since he's been here. But it's still just not – he doesn't affect winning. You know, like if Jimmy Butler – this is an argument that me and D used to have. And I still think if uh, – and now I used to be like, if the Bulls held on to Jimmy Butler, they wouldn't lose enough. Um, basically, clearly should have, but um, but D used to think that they would lose enough with Jimmy Butler. And I'm like, Jimmy affects winning too much for that. Zach Levine doesn't affect winning enough for me to be like he has to be one A or one B. For me. I think by keeping him, I don't think that they make the automatic decision that he's our build around guy. I don't think you have to think that way just because he keep him. Um, they're in a stage now currently where another rebuild, I don't know if that's the move, especially now with 
you know, fans aren't there. So while the fans are out, you trade off the star guy that people came to see in an already kind of low attendance uh, situation that they were in before COVID. Now you want to put out, you know, a team that without Zach Levine, just add kind of some decent players with cares for for example, Karis LeBert or uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, no, it would be for the prospects, Tony. It would be for the prospects. But, but what I'm saying is, overall, I, just by keeping him doesn't automatically make him, all right, we're going to build around Zach Levine. He's a, a good enough piece that if they feel, if we put him in the best position to win right now, either changing philosophy, changing coach, uh, changing training staffs, like all of that around him, and we get the most out of this group to make it look as valuable as possible. They can do some decent winning uh, you, right now, again. But you're right; he does have value on the trade market. But I'm just telling you from from the information that I've gone and the stuff that I've read, uh, they aren't looking to move Zach Levine. But they wouldn't come out necessarily. They wouldn't come out necessarily and say that before they can execute the trade anyway, because you don't want to sour that water. Agreed. All right. Yeah. But, uh, the, but the, my thing is this, where just changing the coach doesn't make this a winning team like that. Like, you got some pieces, but just changing the coach, and again, I'm not saying you have to make a move this year, but it doesn't make that move. And you may want to be able to level up with what you do best. And it seems like, with Arturis Karnasinovas, he does well with picking out prospects. I'm just pointing that out. But anyway, look, we're going to come back real quick and close this out uh, so the guys can go do whatever they need to do. Uh, definitely had a lively conversation. We didn't even think it was going to go this way, and we always appreciate it. The end was the show. Yo, what up? It's your man, Jay Illa, official Chicago Bears DJ, and you are listening to the D and Davis Show. Turn it up. The teachers union said they don't want to go back in. They were talking about yeah, they might but, strike. But still, they ain't, they're not going to strike. I'm going to tell and you. It's since, and it's since time, like, we ain't going back into the classroom. They're gonna, I think they're going to have to set like, the hybrid kind of a thing. Because, like, after fighting the thing, as far as being an advisor, they want them to, they, their initial proposal with the city college of Chicago was for them to be there three days out of the week. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, and they want eight of them as advisors at least to be there. And it's like, dude. First of all, you guys have worked out where all this has been virtually. They're shutting down part of the virtual aspect of it to force people to walk in there. And it's like, so, And but this is a kicker though. The teachers don't have to come back. The classes are virtual. So why do the advisors have to come back? And the only reason that it's this, you know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing with everything else. Also, we don't know these higher up in educations, how much of them are 45 people. Because they don't have to touch anybody or deal with anybody. I, mean, I was going to say, it seems like a lot because they're giving all these updates via virtual yeah. calls, but ain't going to go to none of the schools. Right. None the presidents, them. the presidents, the principals, you don't have to be around. So, like, for instance, like, well, part of AFTA's job is they basically have to have some type of triage where a bunch of students will come in and they help them set up, get into their classes. They have to touch the computer and touch it. So, one of her questions was them, so who cleans up the computer after those kids leave, Right. So I have to clean up the computer? Like, where's the PPE and stuff? And it's just one of those things where it's just like, fuck you. Y'all just get your ass back up in here for the most part, right? 
And so it's just, again, like I said, I thought about you, and I'm like, I knew you. I was like, I know they're not going about to pay for no motherfucking virtual Catholic school. Well, uh, I, I and think I'm, I, did you talk about last year that you were looking? Yeah, into we were going to do it because we thought yeah. we were going to have the same teachers, and we was like, fuck, it, we was going to pay the money anyway. It's going ahead and do it. With, right, it's fine. But Ooh. when we found out that it was going to be like, you know, she's not even going to have her own teacher, like her, the teacher she's supposed to be assigned to is going to make a third party kind of a thing. Well, and I keep saying, fucking up. Man, and I keep saying, I think it's less than 50% chance they can, go, they can even go back into the school anyway. And we have planned on transferring Grace to a, like a selected enrollment public school for fourth grade anyway. So it's kind of like, what are we going to spend like all this money upon for tuition? And then she's going to get transferred anyway. Yeah, put her, in a, put her in a Catholic high school if you can't get into one of the great public high schools. We, we actually, we were trying to get into like a, a, a academic, uh, a, what do you call it? Academic achievement schools, whatever like that. Basically like a Kenwood. Basically you go for seventh and that's eighth what grade. Just, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. You said a Catholic school. No, I said put her into one of the better high schools. And those yeah. also like Kenwood and Winnie Young yeah. have junior highs. If you, but if you can't do that, then pay for it. Right. Because I mean, because even with Kenton's at some point, at some point we've like, maybe he may end up in the Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. And my, luckily, my high school is still open. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it's kind of like, and they send me alumni stuff, and it's kind of like, all right, it seems like it's still got the camp kind of same flavor. Wait a minute. Hey, Melvin, how much was your, how much was tu- uh, tuition at uh, Maris when you graduated? Ooh, I'm about to, uh, let me double check that because I know yeah, it was definitely you know, higher. Was it more than 10? Was it more than 10 a year? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was more than 10. And I know that when, last I, last I remember when Morgan was there, it might have been definitely more than what I paid. So. Damn. Yeah. Don't worry. All that, all that's coming down, brother. COVID. <laughs> I, I'm saying, all like everybody, all let's go back to coming. work. Let's go back to school, bro. We gonna be yeah. back at home. All we that's coming down, man. That's, <laughs> the re- that's part of the reason why these schools are pushing so hard because now that the revelation's coming up, like, wait, we can get this education a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you look at college. Yeah. It's like, Women why am I gonna that? pay? All, why am I paying all of this? When we can learn, like the the University of New Hampshire, basically, or Arizona, mm-hmm. why am I going to sit here and give you? And tuition creeps incrementally going up and up and up. When we already know, like, dude, that, that doesn't even make sense. My old All manager right? daughter go to USC, and she she was like, uh, "Yeah, they're gonna be at home for the fall semester." I'm like, "So what's go? What's up with tuition?" She's like, "Oh no, we getting a nice little refund back." I'm like, "I bet yeah, you I got." A family member that graduated from there, and I think I got a family member that's going into there now. Uh, and listen again, I'm listening. If my kid, now nah, I said this to Adam, if my kid was going to a high, high fangled college right now, especially if they were in their first two years, I would snatch their ass out and put them in the juco. I, honestly, you know what? I got to talk to when I came when I back to Chicago. I primarily went as I was saying, my family. A baby cousin of mine is supposed to be coming to NYU this fall, and they wanted me to meet her again, so that way she knows somebody in the city. Mm. Last I talked to her, they still supposed to have a move-in date and all of that. And I'm like, why? What? It makes no. This school year is gonna be a wash anyway. Yeah, right. I can imagine all the tuition at NYU too. Oh my God. Bruh, 30, oh 40,000 a year probably. Man, for real. It's a whole full time job. Man, I'm good on that. All right, he's going to wrap this up. All right, so uh, let's do the baseball. Um, mm-hmm. Parade to the Cubs, boohoo to the Sox. You have a situation where, and it's the best case scenario for the Cubs 
to where um, a team that's won a championship in the last five years, um, that if in a, a COVID-shortened season, if they pop out, it's kudos to them because they've already been there on the south side, and they're not even in that position right now because Minnesota has let us know, little brother, step your ass down again, which always hurts with the type of beating that Minnesota has given the Chicago White Sox. Um, and then Chicago's still not ready for those home runs that they knock out of the park 300 over 300 last season. Uh, but you look at just how well initially, and this is a small sample size, uh, Dave Davidson show, but you look at how well it seems like David Ross with the front office as far as uh, differences they want to make with when Joe was there compared to David Ross. And we know Joe started to do some things different as far as his interaction with the players prior to games uh, last season. Uh, but man, with the, they still got a nice amount of talent, but you, you look at that veteran team that's been there and they're doing their thing. And right now on the south side with the team that's been losing for the last four years at least, um, you know, they're still trying to figure out how to change that. And then the fact that Ronaldo Lopez is going on the IL, um, you know, definitely you hope it's just because he has shoulder tightness and wishing nothing ill on him. But being a guy that two years ago looked promising as a, a back-end rotation guy um, and last year looked bad and then Lucas Giolito snapped for the first half of the season. Um, it's, I will say this, for the Sox, it's good that they're not waiting when it comes to Ronaldo Lopez, especially in this shortened season where every win counts. Um, but um, it's just disheartening when you see that uh, this team that has as much talent as they have hasn't figured it out, but it's the early season. Uh, I'll say it after two to three weeks, I'll be a, a lot more cavalier with my dislike, uh, but it's, it's real early, so I don't want to just diss them this Yeah, it is pretty early, and we had Jonathan Hood on ESPN Chicago was on. We interviewed him last week, and uh, he made a really good point. Like, man, listen, one game is kind of equal to three. Now, as we said in the first segment, we got to try to see if the the, the MLB even finished out the season, right? But it is still early, in a sense, even within baseball. I know it's 60 games. It still is early, but you want to see them uh, do a lot of better. I think the Chicago White Sox came into the season, even this COVID-shortened season, uh, with a lot of praise and a lot of hype to them. But, hey, man, listen, you still got to go out there and play. And you still got to get your pitching to the point of, you know, say we go out there and compete against a Minnesota, against a Cleveland, because they're out of the class of the division. Uh, one thing I will agree with what Jonathan Hood says, like, listen, even if they don't make it this season, because you got uh, Michael Pope, uh, Michael Kopech sitting out, you have arms that are on a shortened stint of getting stretched out. You have, you know what I'm saying, you was, you was in spring training and you stopped for a very long time, so you got to get the bats going again. Everything's out of, everything, everything's out of sync. Right, nothing synced up. So would it would it disappoint me that they didn't make playoffs with an expanded playoff uh, uh, version or teams being able to get in? Yeah, sort of. But 16 I still teams. sixteen teams, which I think they should do to do it anyway. But no, they shouldn't. I, I like that. More teams are better. But do I think I'll be uh, super upset if they didn't make it? No, because they're still a young team. They still have a young, lot of young guys in the lineup. Uh, a lot of these guys are locked up anyway for a long, for the, for the long haul. So if they didn't make this season, no. If they, if they made a run next season, I'll be fine with that. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, uh, as far as the Sox go, what they what they built is still – you can still consider it structurally sound overall. 
But like you say, they need pitching help. They need that that front line of the pitching staff has to improve or they have to get somebody else to come in and, and help them out because these first games have shown and you look at them compared to the Cubs who got – they got a nice performance from Chatwood. They got a nice performance from you – no know, real nice performance from Hendricks. Uh, you know, uh, Lester – stalled them out, you know, through like five innings yesterday in, in Cincinnati. They, you know, Cincinnati had a rally after that, but getting that five innings was key. Sox couldn't, Sox can't get that from Ronaldo Lopez right now. They can't get that from the back end of their starting staff. So if they're going to, they're going to struggle like that. They look at that five man rotation. They got about three days of, uh, of that five man rotation where they're going to be like, well, I don't know. And maybe only two where they could, they could, feel confident going into going into the game. So that's looking like you're losing two out of five games. Every, I mean, you're winning two out of five games at best, and that's not going to do it. Not in 60 games, not in 162 games. So, you know, this, like you say, D, if they don't live up to something, to the what we were looking for them to do this year, we can you – know, that's not going to be hard to take. But they have to be more critical of themselves right now and, you know, not waste time. It always comes down to pitching, right? Always yeah. comes down to pitching. Cubs still have a terrible bullpen, though. And the only thing you can hope is that you get through 60 games, you don't really need to lean on it that hard, and only a few times. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. You, you kind of wish you could flip, <laughs> you know, the, the, but, but the one. You know. Pitching, as far as the amount of arms they have, isn't bad. Yeah. Um, that's what I said. Can you kind of? Yes. It's kind of like you will. You will flip the bullpen for the Sox to give it to the Cubs, yeah, or the starters for the Cubs if, to the Sox. And particularly if Kopech was here, yeah, then it would be yeah. easier to sit Ronaldo Lopez down. But right. you still have Dane Dunning, who had Tommy John last year. Um, we see Carlos Rodon is pitching right now, and we know how good he was before getting hurt, especially with that slider of uh, that he if he can get command of. Um, but one thing, stay healthy. Before we get out of this, uh, and the Michael Kopech situation has has <laughs> popped up, and I'm concerned. Uh, and I'm concerned because uh, someone who's dealt with anxiety in the, as, as far as Michael Kopech, and one thing, and the Sox kind of shushed him was Don Cooper basically said that, not feeling. I'm paraphrasing that it may be better for Kopech to be with the team because of just the type of stuff that's going on in his life. You know, that his wife, is, who soon will be his ex-wife, they stop for divorce. Yeah, already. He's they just got married early this year, right? In April. In April. Six months. Wow. The actress on Riverdale mm-hmm. announced that they're having a boy, or she's ha- having a boy, and it's his boy. And um, then, them, then them papers came. Whoa, what whoa, they said. whoa, whoa. What did you just say, Tony? Yes, <laughs> is it? I heard, I heard that, Tony. <laughs> eighteen yeah. years, eighteen years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, my man's gonna get that test while that baby's in the belly. That's <laughs> he not gonna. He gonna be like, they be like, you know, it can hurt the baby. Prick him. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and and so with a player where from when he was in Boston was fighting a teammate roommate or whatever uh, with all that immense talent 
uh, dating uh, one of the daughters of the Atlanta Housewives. Prior yeah, to the daughter Brielle, whatever. Yeah, and it's just like one of those things where it's like, it, I'm with Michael Kopeck, but it's like, bruh, you got to take yourself out of some of this stuff too, because you're playing with this world, and while you want to be reserved, you're still playing with this media type world. And again, I'm not. Again, and that has nothing to do with his decision making, but it's like for your sanity, how you need to try to apply yourself. So it's like now it's just like, and his whole year is not going to be around his team. He's not, I mean, who knows? I know he has a strict regiment that he did. I've seen plenty of uh, video of the type of stuff he did with his father helping him and stuff they were doing down there. But it's, I won't say it's alarming, but it's disheartening and I wish him the best. Well, hopefully, you, yeah, exactly. I mean, you hope the young man uh, has a clear mind and clear head, not even for baseball, just for his personal life. Make sure, because once your personal life is straight, things, other things are a little bit clearer and easier to get through. So if he has his personal life straight, uh, maybe baseball be kind of like refuge and get out there and just play, just play a sport, just play a kid's game, and uh, he'd do very well. But no, it, it is kind of, it is kind of disheartening as a fan, at least, to try to to see him go through all this. But, I mean, listen, they definitely need him. I understand why he decided to uh, take the year off, as we talked about before. Uh, a lot of other professional athletes are starting to take a step back out. And one thing that really jumped out to me, too, just on that point, David Price sent out a, sent out a tweet basically saying, like, hey, this is what I was talking about. Uh, this is this is why MLB, you know what I'm saying, we re- I really didn't trust them as far as, like, keeping the uh, players' uh, health as number one thing in mind. So, um, but no, and you talk about anxiety going to Michael Kopech. Listen, I think I think next season is a really big year for the Cubs. Not saying this, I mean, for the White Sox, not saying this year is it's nowhere near over. You still have a lot of games left. They're playing a doubleheader against, uh, uh, against Cleveland right now. This whole day, you got to get things in line, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, they got a lot of young guys. Just, just had to kind of hope we get back on track. But it's good to see, just for the Cubs, wrap up for myself real quick. It's good to see the Cubs kind of getting everything back in line for them because they are a veteran team, and you don't know how much longer they have to be, you know, saying into the formation that they are. So you two years do, max, D. Two years max. Hey, go Man. ahead and go for it. Go for they're it gonna now. Get, they're going to get something back. They're going to get something back from Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant? So I wouldn't even. Okay. I wouldn't even put it say. I wouldn't even say that. Now it may take a year or two after that. But just in terms possible. of this core, probably yeah. two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just and try to make sure that you get something out of what you can right now. You can look in the locker room like, hey man, this team is probably it's already changed as it is since the championship year. Listen, just go ahead, try to do the best as you can, and they have damn, a shot too. They have a shot. It's damn near the time to go back to Chris Bryant. Like you know, it's COVID out here, right? You, you he might be pulling that already. Listen, you know the Dodgers not gonna sign your ass, right? Yankees not gonna sign you either. Hey, as long I'm as he just, don't test positive, he'll be fine. I'm just, no, I'm not. No, no, it's not him being fine. But you also have like the real reason Mookie Betts signed that deal was because he didn't want to be on the open market after yeah, this. At COVID, yeah, finger on that pulse, right? He was like, yeah. you know what? He listen. If COVID didn't happen, Mookie Betts probably wouldn't have signed right now. He would have oh, went to market if if COVID. But he was like, you know, remember, mind you, two weeks ago, he was like, the market dictates what the market was. But guess what? He was like, let me get this money. He got because, 380. 380 was a number. Of yeah, people. but with diminishing returns on what the TV money, the sponsor money, the fans in the stands money, it was time to get paid. And it may it may be time for Chris Bryant 
to go get paid because we already know that the MLB suffocates the market anyway. Yeah, listen, yeah, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, uh, Garrett Cole get paid, but we Mm -hmm. still know they're they're stagnating the market, but they're giving that to, to, to give an illusion that everything is still free in play. It may be time for Chris Bryant to go get his as much money as he can because it may not be out there in the upcoming seasons. I'm just Chris that. Bryant is 28 or 20. Is he 27 or 28? No, it's like I think he's 26. 26. He 27. He's still like yeah. Young? I think he'd be like 28 he or 29 when that contract is over. Okay, so maybe that's what I'm thinking. So maybe when that's he what I'm would thinking. Hit, when no, he's he 28 right now. Oh, he okay. is 28. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Just turned 28 in January. All right. You know how they look at you when you pass 30. Yeah. 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 I mean, but he had a great. I mean, he's had a great career so far. But like I said, for the Cubs right now, it's good to see them still. Them they playing well. This has an expanded playoff uh, scenario this year. Expanded teams, they can get in and once. As I always said about any sport, just get me to the dance. And let me see what happens. And they have a very, very good shot of being a, a, a contender or a playoff team for the NL Central. Um, listen, I don't want to keep everybody. Uh, we definitely appreciate you guys and the amount of time that you've spent. Mm-hmm. But I, it's just crossing my mind. Let's do this once a month. Um, but what, what I was saying, let's do it once a month. I would want everybody to bring at least. least. <laughs> no, not D. D's gone. <laughs> D can't come back. He's made a decision. He's got to rock with that. All right? D, D, Why what? can't he come back? D is no. squidward in the... No, D is gone. D is a guy. What'd you say, Cousin? Maybe D is just pulling the ultimate D. No. <laughs> you know, and then that wouldn't be D. That wouldn't be D. No. Uh, that wouldn't be D. So I'm joking when I'm saying that. Of course he could come back, but he won't be here. Um, but let's try to do something to where it's more interactive with all of us and we bring a topic or two that we all discuss to the table when we do it. And uh, let's name it something and come up with something creative and then let's support one another. Uh, but it's cool uh, definitely to do it. Um, it's good to see all of y'all, even though Tony looked at his phone the whole time because Tony's very disrespectful. Um, he's one of those people that will be sitting. He's he's one of those that will, yeah, he will eat your food and be in your house all the time, and then he will just disappear. Because all right, I'm gone. Right, he's and very, it is, like, it is easy, especially like, if your cloud if your cloud is into the level that where where he's moving. Like that's the type of Negro he is. Hey, I would, <laughs> I would say the bougie this. grows. I, I would I would say the I would say this though. I am I am going to be. Uh, as I said, this is my last show, but I'm so I'm so excited to be fan up to be a fan. I'm not saying I was was not a fan anyway, but I'm going to be so happy to sit back and just listen as a fan. I'm going to be so happy to be able to sit back and watch sports. It's just a fanatic, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think I think I haven't been able to do that in these 15 years. I mean, I I am a fan, no doubt, but you know what I'm saying, just kind of like a unmarked, it's just kind of like, ah, I could just say and do whatever. Uh, but I can't wait to be just even bigger fans of everything that everybody's doing uh, right here. So um, 
it's a great it's a great idea, Ken. You saying y'all get together and kind of watch this so I can just, you know, what I'm saying as I'm working, I can go to the YouTube, I can go to iTunes and just sit back and listen and just listen to y'all just talk sports. I'm gonna be I'm very excited about that. So um, uh, yeah, it's bittersweet. You know, what I'm saying this is the last one. Uh, Ken and I. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, please. So in the interview with uh, Jay Hood, yes. you mentioned that he was disappointed in you. What did you feel about that? It's not the first time I've heard that from somebody. Um, I've had other conversations with other people, and they've said the same thing. It's kind of like, man, you know what I'm saying? I wish you would keep doing it, or, you know what I'm saying, I'm disappointed you're not still moving on. But I know I have to be able to look at myself in the mirror because it's not just a one-man band. It's more than just me. And if I'm not strumming along as hard as I can, it's going to bring down everybody else. And that's why I had to look at myself kind of like with my, like I said before, the passion of it. I can't do that to you. I can't do that to Ryan. I can't do that to none of y'all. So I have to just be able to look inside and say, hey, man, listen, I know other people probably be like, hey, man, I wish you keep on going. I know this is just a moment of time. I think Melvin, he told me, Melvin said it uh, when I had the, uh, the conversation with y'all before, like, man, you'd probably be back in a year. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, I do get that. I do hear that a lot. But I know right now in myself, in my soul, that's not the case. So it's, it's understandable. Um, I'm not shocked that he said that. Um, I'm happy you said it because I'm happy you said it. I, I was about to say that too. I was, he was about to say hold that. back and not say it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was just as about to say that too. How he loved the show and mm-hmm. how yeah. it's going to be missing you being there, especially as being two hosts of color, right? Uh, doing the show, and I'm happy. And that's one of the things cool about Jay Hood, and we're going to have an interview. You'll keep it real, Lawrence Holmes, and these these are really our biggest brothers mm-hmm. uh, in the industry. Um, we've had plenty of brothers and mentors, but these are the pillars yeah. for the most part. I was going to, I was going to end with that saying that I'm happy that he did say that. Cause that means that we did something right. right. You know, um, this fact, the simple fact he said like, man, I'm driving down Stony Island. I can just turn on and listen to y'all podcast. That's something good. That's something that's pretty cool. And, uh, that, that does mean a lot. You know what I'm saying? That, that means a whole lot. That means that what we, what that means, what Ken and I set out to achieve we was able to achieve going from the break room at the, at the gig, going to just leaving class and broadcasting school and going to find our own studio and us just recording all that time, all those hours, all those reps, what we set out to achieve to leave, to leave a, a, a mark on, a, on this industry, as Tony said, that we have done. We've achieved, we've, we, we achieve what we set out to do. Um, Am I going to be around for for the rest of the ride? No, but my are brother, you gonna, are you going to sneaky come back? Probably not. Okay, no. I'm just making sure. No, we don't know what we're going to do with these internet. That's not habits. me. That's not that's not me. And I don't think it's me personally. I don't see that being you, but I do see. I, but okay, let me say this twofold. Yeah, me personally, because I love you. Mm-hmm. I want you to be happy. I don't I don't think you truly love your brother if you don't want your brother to be happy. All right, that's just how I play. Like I had a girlfriend that told me when I was in high school, I don't want to see you happy with nobody else. And I was like, what are you talking about? We're not gonna be together. This doesn't make sense, right? Like that's evil, right? 
And I've always applied that to any relationship. And for me, where it would be easy, like, man, D, let's do this. It's like, my brother wants to do this. I want what's best for my brother because true love is I want you to be happy. That's what, if you really care about somebody, especially when someone's coming to you, it's like, I'm not feeling this. You don't say like, no, you say, I want you to be happy. So with me, I know when you make a decision like this, usually it's a done dilly, yeah. right? Uh, but that's even the things that I'm telling you as far as the social media and cares in case you return in a year. I don't necessarily want to rip everything down uh, in case you return. Because, I mean, listen, I, we would hope things go very well with you leaving. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right, like I, I mean, think it be, will, but okay, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I mean, it's you that, that, that not to take something away from you. Um, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a learning process, and um, in particular, me and Ryan are going to have to try to really reconfigure some things. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But um, it'd be great if you did. But um. I mean, maybe you won't come back in this in this iteration. Maybe you might come back as something else. Um, like I said before, I think I'm a creative person. I know I had the talent to just chit chat and just talk. I might say, listen, my old lady told me I can talk to a tree if I wanted to. I can. I know I can. Um, yeah, that says a lot about your fucked up shit. I know it does. It's, it's, it's the only child up there. Oh, I'm out here talking to a tree, baby. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know why you out here with this COVID. <laughs> He ain't gonna be going long. He already yeah. plotted his way back. He's like, maybe in another form. So you ain't gonna be going long. Well, no, but listen, I have, but my mind is always, I'm sorry about that. My mind is always going. It's always going. It's the simple fact of, do I wanna do it? And that's the issue. That's the problem. And um, like, I can spit out ideas, but it's kind of like, okay, yeah, maybe this idea isn't the best for me. I don't know. Um, my mind has always been going since I was a kid. I can always create something. Uh, but no, I don't use it. Ken is 100% right. Y'all know, y'all know this about me. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I have a pretty strong will uh, when I say things about myself. So, but listen, like I said before, this isn't like I'm about to, uh, I'm, I'm going away forever. I'm, I mean, not going away from y'all forever. I'm not. I'm always going to be here. You're going to find me on social media saying something. Uh, this has been, these past 15 years have been the best past 15 years of my life. I got to meet every last one of y'all. Uh, I, obviously, Kyle and I came up together. But um, I've been able but to- But we brought y'all closer. Just give us our props. Yeah, Kyle was going, yeah. Kyle was, yeah, Kyle was in school. Yeah. Kyle was writing yeah. when he came back. Y'all, and he, and y'all like granddaddy up. and grand, that, that's what? not, that, what? y'all not what? that close. We, we brought all of that close. Do I need to bring Josh? Pictures? You, let me get Josh. I seen the pictures. Do I? Do Josh, I need to bring pictures of me Ryan, and Kyle together as kids? Jason, <laughs> right? Can't take all the credit. You know, right? All we of made it. their family. Okay. Listen, let me not fool y'all. We make their family relationship closer than one of them. Oh lord! Don't you get it twisted? That is so These dudes good. are distant cousins to a certain degree. Oh my goodness! All right. Do y'all take pride in that? Don't y'all let these mugs fool y'all with this bitch? That's not his first cousin. That's his granddaddy's cousin. 
That's a total what? sister. That's a total. We had second shit. cousins. What are you talking <laughs> about? Second cousins ain't shit. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you see this, Cuzzo? You see this? I'm joking. Oh, I'm joking. I know. I know. That's your, that's your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, any, not anymore. Yeah, I'm out here in the streets. I'm hoeing. He put me and he told me to hoe. It's like, why you got me out here hoeing? He was like, just go out there and shake your ass a little bit. It's like, what the fuck? Tell me what you're worth. <laughs> Um, no, <laughs> but but uh but no man like i said man this been a this been a, a great run uh i just want to say also too i'm gonna come up with a longer piece but i just want to say thank you for everybody who reached out to me personally uh, who reached out to you dude let us know wait, anybody haven't reached out to me so far man i ain't gonna put nobody out there like that you gonna put it out there I'm gonna do a big professional career to get yeah, you all Yeah, I know, right? You uh, know what? I just wanna say, we did Davis got some real big egos. <laughs> Tony <laughs> gave us a farewell show from the school, right? He did. We had whistles and everything. Hey, and then man. D retires. Now, listen, I'm gonna say this right now. If I retire in the next year and a half, you're gonna get the same thing. Be, no, no, no. I'm not doing that shit. You ain't doing right, it's, it's a fucking rap. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey man, you gotta go out. You gotta go out with your flowers, uh, man. You gotta go out your flowers, need, and people gonna give you your flowers. I don't need flowers. you know that. So wait a minute. So thanks <laughs> you to everybody who did reach out to me. I'm gonna do a longer piece to try to say thank you for everybody who helped help me get to this point. And as I said before, Jason, Melvin, obviously, obviously Ken. Uh, I don't know why this has happened to me. Uh, Ken, Tony. Uh, Ryan, Josh, everybody who's on here right now, y'all have been a big part of my life and allowing me to live out my dream. Uh, just thinking back, like I said before, a thousand times, just in my parents' apartment, I mean, uh, in my parents' house, my grandmother's house, just recording myself to the point where we was, Ken and I was able to uh, do a show on the score. The first show, Tony was in studio with us at the score. Cuzzo Cow was there. We took pictures in front of the 670 to score, banners, whatever like that. You know what I'm saying? That's something, man, working our asses off from that point to get to, from the, going back in the day to get to that point, that shows you if you put your mind to something, I know this is very cliche, but if you put your mind to something and you really push for it, it can definitely happen. You know what I'm saying? So um, I don't know if I said I love you to, to you guys uh, enough, but I'll say it again. I love you guys. Um, like I said before, man, y'all got y'all had me, y'all allowed me to live out my dream. Um, and I, like I said, I can't wait. I'm just ready to be fans of y'all and sit back and just sit back and, you know, just sit back with a drink and just throw on a podcast, throw something to Tony did. Obviously, what Ken and Ryan is doing, read everything and watch everything uh, Kyle is doing and Josh is doing. doing. Melvin's doing his thing. Jason's doing his thing. I'm just I'm just excited for that right there. You know what I'm saying? I'm just excited for that. So uh, it's the last one, but, uh, but I had a, a hell of a time. I had a hell of a run. I'm going to miss the time going down to Bourbon in my old Cadillac with no AC and we were sweating our asses off getting back to Chicago. <laughs> Stories like that. Sydney telling the lady at the diner he don't know. She don't know who he is. My sister was giving him love. He was like, you stop it, sister. You get the hell away. Right. Tony coming down there to the studio like, hey, guys. I'm a superstar. I'm a superstar. I'm a su- Derrick Rose. Fuck Derrick Rose. <laughs> like, who is this kid? You know right. what I'm saying? Josh uh, meeting him down at the show. 
Ryan down at the at school, Melbourne down at school, man, doing this thing. Uh, what, what was Don't it? It was. Jason wait a minute! Oh, no, 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 no! It was. Yeah. Um, what's the name of y'all show, Jason? Jason, Melvin, and Tony. What was it? Jam. Oh, that one. Yeah, jam. How about that? New, uh, being a part of that. Killed that shit. Man. We don't get any royalties though. Jam session, yeah. Jam, jam session, session. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. So even just seeing all that, man, um, just sitting back with the memories, and just sitting back and thinking about everything that we have done, man. Listen, this is not a sad note. This is a celebration. I've been able to live out all this stuff, man. Y'all just don't know how happy I am that I was able to do all this stuff and meet the people that I've been able to meet. I'm happy. Uh, I'm it's happy. A sad, it's a sad note. Yeah. Uh, one, because uh, these shows were a way to get out. And um, I'm not going to be able to um, hang out. Um, this was congregating and um, being with family. So I won't have the same opportunities to do that with you. We can so do a that, Zoom session. We can still be, we're still together, baby. We can. You, be, you, you, be big, you do that. You be big on that. You be the force on that. Yeah. I'm not dissing it. But also, I want to say this. I, wanna, I want this to definitely come across. Mm. Um, I want to thank Chanel for allowing us to have this yes. uh, for as long as we've had this. Um, and Same I appreciate thing to Afton. Same thing to Afton. I appreciate that. I also want to say this on a selfish note. Yes. Hey, you and Memphis, outside of Tony, you know my birthday was last Friday, right? Out of the last three years, this is the second time you Memphis did this, right? <laughs> Just point it out. I'm always on y'all birthdays very hard. Now, mind you, I really don't care. But... But As don't forget, friend, y'all. He let I y'all. deserve. I deserve better than he that. let y'all know that. All right, I deserve better than. I've been a good friend to all of you motherfuckers. I deserve it, tad bit. But and then you come back, you be like, "Hey, kid," I'm like, "Nah, motherfucker, that's not the shit." Right? And again, because when I'm saying it to D and Ryan, I re- I don't care because I know y'all love me. Like real talk, I'm not even saying that on like some fuck shit. Like as a grown ass man. That's not as important to me because these guys on this screen have always shown me their amount of care or whatever. So I'm just busting balls. And if we can't be friends and bust balls, then what's the point? Oh, of yeah. Balls? Oh, no. <laughs> or whatever. No. But before, real quick, we're going out. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to do this. Jason, Jason Hood, Jay, Jay Hood tried to break me. As my brother, I love you. Uh, you provided so much to my life and you will provide more in my life. Yes. That's all I'm saying. But you, you got me crying too much for a grown-ass man. And it will not happen today because my brother died and you were taking advantage of me. And I will not allow that moving forward. <laughs> but uh, definitely, and then for all of y'all, and I hope you don't take it as not being for real. Like, y'all are fam. Mm-hmm. I speak for D and myself, and I speak for all of us when I say that. And as fam, all right, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like... You know, so there's little things. And that's not to say that we got to be always lifting one another up or anything like that. But it has been a benefit to have, especially with me being the oldest, um, all of you all in my life. Uh, It's been a benefit. And I appreciate it indeed. It comes down from you uh, being the glue. It's been such a great benefit. And uh, take 
take pride in that if I can say that, if it means anything to you. Ah, I appreciate it. Hey, and for the last time, uh, thank you for listening to Dean Davis Show. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Dean Davis Show, Facebook.com forward slash Dean Davis Show. I ain't going to go through everybody's We got Melvin. We got Melvin. <laughs> hey, listen. If I said the N word in front of white people, that's my N word. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I love all y'all. I love all y'all. Thank you, Chanel. Look at Tony. Tony, he don't care about nothing no more. No, he don't care. Look at him. (laughs)